0: We're continuing our series, Reflections on Psalms and Proverbs. It's been nice to pick and choose one of the selective psalms uh, or one of the selective chapters from Proverbs and to meditate and to leisurely reflect on until juice flows from it. And one of my side goals in doing this series is to teach how to meditate on chapters like this. My text today is Proverbs chapter 18. Feel free to turn and keep it open as you listen and as you follow the message. Chapter 18 has 24 verses. And then each verse is a proverbial saying. And why sayings and so many good stuff. But while we're just reading through it or even during our quiet times, there's so many things, and we end up being overwhelmed and not being able to really uh, apply practically and focus on the obedience of what comes out of our meditation. So, that's one thing that you, you need to keep in mind during this series. But primarily, our goal in this series is to draw wisdom for the new year. How shall we live as a wise person? during 2014 so today our text is Proverbs 18 as I mentioned before so go ahead and turn your Bible to uh, Proverbs 18 and keep it open as you follow the message among the 24 verses in Proverbs chapter 18 the key verse that we're focusing on today is verse 12 before destruction, a man's heart is haughty. But humility comes before honor. Verse 3 clarifies the other side of that truth. Verse 3 says, When wickedness comes, contempt comes also. And with dishonor comes disgrace. This, the theme of humility is actually... The synonym theme, or should we say the twin theme of the wisdom literature. In other words, the wisdom literature clarifies or describes the wise person as the humble person. Proverbs 11.2 says very similar things. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble wisdom. Why? Why is that? Because humility is a telltale telltale sign of fearing the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. A few weeks ago, we meditated on chapter 9 on Proverbs, and chapter 9.10 clarifies the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So it goes like this. If we're really humble, it will lead us to follow God's will and and subsequently it will lead us to honor and wisdom so think about this with me the fear of the lord humbles us and the true humility is actually result a consequence of fearing the lord because when we think about how awesome how holy god is we are humbled by the attributes of God who God really is and following God's will out of the fear of the Lord because of our humble attitude because actually God's character and God's attributes humbles us now we are convinced that God's will is the best way to live and when we do live it will lead us to honor and wisdom once again this is not a promise, this is the, the conventional wisdom, or should we say basic wisdom, the wise person's observations, which is generally true, generally uh, correct and, and true. So when you think about humility, humility is a central wisdom theme. So what we are going to do in this morning's uh, study and meditation on Proverbs 18, we're going to actually take that central wisdom theme of humility, by which all other wise sayings in chapter 18 can be organized together. So we're going to actually focus on the, the wisdom of humility. The Wisdom of Humility. But before we get into that, because of our culture, I think it is important to differentiate from the true humility apart from false humility. Because even, I mean, typically even Asian culture, uh, another cultural virtue is to be humble, I, you know, it has a lot to do with the Confucius teaching and also to the Asian culture. is deeply rooted uh, in that culture. So oftentimes even, you know, the Luna year, I don't know how many of you guys celebrate anything. And there's a, so much of feast on the table. And our moms or grandmas will say, oh, we prepare nothing but help yourself, right? What do you call this? So let's start with uh, the motivation. False humility is pleasing or fearing people. Fearing people's opinion. So people don't like arrogant people. Even pride, prideful people don't like prideful people. So... That you're, how others perceive us is important. So, pleasing and fearing the Lord it can actually lead to humility, but, which is false humility. But in true humility, as I mentioned before, the motivation comes from fearing the Lord and pleasing the Lord. Secondly, false humility is thinking less of yourself, while true humility is thinking of yourself less. That's not mine. It's from C.S. Lewis's quote, which is very insightful when you think about it. It was Mark Twain, I think he said, uh, one of the virtues is to conceal how much you think of yourself and how little you think of others. Mark Twain is very insightful writer. Thirdly, false humility is self-conscious appearance. So you are very aware of being humble. I am humble. I'm trying hard. And that appearance is there. But true humility is self-forgetful. You're not thinking about yourself. False humility Fourth and last is means to an end, which is the end is me. It's about me. But true humility is an end in itself. To be humble is what God desires, me. me. I found this interesting satire, satire poem by the name of David Bud Bill. And I, I love it. He says, he writes, I want to be famous so I can be humble about being famous. What good is my humility when I am stuck in this obscurity? Isn't that interesting? This humility is about himself. I mean, we we could laugh at that, but deep in our heart, we identify with him so much. So, NFL football player star takes the mic and humbles himself which, mean, which looks very very glorious but one of us nobody humbles ourselves what good is it if the motivation is really about, about me so with that clarification that before honor humility comes we are to seek this kind of true humility and then wisdom, wisdom of humility will lead us to four things. Here's the first one. What does it mean for us to follow the wisdom of humility? It means to seek first to understand others by active listening. If you're taking notes, at least you could write down those verses. So basically... Uh, In my meditation, I colored it, highlighted it, and these are about four verses fall under that. Verse 2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Verse 13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame verse 15 an intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of this wise seeks knowledge verse 17 the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examine him I don't know about you if I become honest I'm Guilty of many of those things, of course. I think the uh, woman women are more uh, holistic in, in a way that you know there is not a compartment and mode. But when I when I put on my counseling mode, I'm pretty good at listening to others. But when I'm not wearing that counseling or pastoral mode, and hat, and then when Kate start arguing with me i want her to listen to me so when she's talking i am thinking about points that i could make rebuttals right so that's actually the default mode the default mode of our human heart is not humble we want to speak first and seek first to be understood we want to insist our opinion to be heard. It is naive. It is simple tone behavior to think that we have this desire to listen to others. No, unless we humble ourselves, we will not really listen. Seek first to understand. This applies in our daily life in every direction. At your work, or you have a great idea, and you are very skilled at it, and your boss starts talking. Worse of it all, your subordinate start talking. If we become prideful, arrogant, we even... Interrupt and say, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're thinking. But you've got to hear this. No, we haven't heard. And there are some, as you could tell, there are some verses, first verses like uh, 17, is from the court context, legal cases. Even that. Our work, our marriage, our relationships, our conflict resolutions, Even with parenting, in parenting, we ought to apply this. Do we really hear out our kids before we tell them our wisdom? Here's the first, wisdom of humility. It bears much fruit, especially in the long run. When we humble ourselves, we feel like we're losing the instantaneous battle for that moment. But in the long run, we win people. When people are feeling understood, they look brighter. Their posture changes. They lean forward. They are now ready to listen. They have breathed in psychological oxygen. Here's number two. What, it, what, it, what does it mean to follow the wisdom of humility? It means to run to God and trust in His protection and provision. Fearing the Lord is not being scared of God. Fearing the Lord is deep, genuine, affectionate respect for God. So if we truly genuinely fear the Lord, we will never run away from God. We will run to God. Verse 9. Whoever is slack in his work is brother to him who destroys. And by the way, let me say this first. When when I'm reading this and you think, that oh, what does that got to do with trusting God? But verse 9, 10, 11 has a lot to do with destruction and the life-giving things. Safety or destruction? What is secure and what is destructible, comparison-wise, right? Uh, in another way of putting it is more, what is reliable and what is unreliable? Verse 9 is obviously unreliable and destructive. Once again, verse 9, whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys Verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Verse 11. A rich man's wealth is his strong city like a high wall in his imagination. Which means implication is it's not reliable. So billionaires has a cancer and it is a fourth and last stage everything goes away the strong wall is broken down instantaneously verse 22 he who finds a wife finds a good thing God's provision obtains favor from the Lord I I rarely do this but can I get an amen, corner? He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. And in our modern application, we could even say, she who finds her husband, a good husband, finds a good thing. Amen. <laughs> Humility comes before honor, Jimmy. <clears throat> verse 23 the poor use entreaties but the uh, rich answer roughly this is the observation is observation on the, what life really works right so first of all the general observation is this poor the poor has to beg has to be humble they has to in, entreat others in that sense right but rich in response can answer roughly that's what happens observation but the meaning more deeper wisdom for us is that even if we get rich we get wealthier this year if we think we have a high wall and if we we have become more powerful we will answer people roughly because of power arrogance snobbish but if we fear the Lord and become humble even to a little child we will be respectful even to the nameless invisible people the janitor's in your hallway at your work. The key question here, once again, is what is truly reliable and what is unreliable? And God provides not only protection but peace. One, one of the things that we could do to eat the word, the true on the word, is. When some of these proverbs hit home for you, write it down. Carry it around. I still remember so many occasions. First 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Righteous, the righteous runs to it and finds safety. A different version. And ESP says it, right, the righteous man runs into it and is safe. know when you are in crisis when tears flowing down on your cheek and the whole world's crumbling in front of you that verse is a life-giving verse that wisdom and Proverbs is life-giving to our soul the name of the Lord is strong tower my life is a mess it's a chaos it's a broken world. I have ho- ho- no hope. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Lord, I will learn, run to you. You are my strong tower. If you're humble every morning, we will get up. Thank you, Lord, for you, This good thing that you give me gave me. your gift. My my wife, my husband, thank you for your handpicked blessing for me. That's the wisdom of humility. Third, what does it mean for us to follow the wisdom of humility? It means to guard our speech, to bear good fruits. This one, let me from the from. Right off the bat, let me just say the most verses are allocated for this. And not only in this chapter, throughout the entire uh, Pro- book of Proverbs. There are so many wise things it's about our speech. So verse 4. The words of a man's Mouth are deep waters. Basically, because of ulterior motive and other things, it's hard to understand. But the foundation, fountain of wisdom, the wise person's is saying, is a bubbling brook. You could see through it; it's clear. Verse five: It is not good to be partial to the wicked, or to deprive the righteous of justice. Verse six: A fool's lips walk into a fight. And his mouth invites a beating. It's a thing, a very good verse to remember when we are driving and struck with the road rage, right? It's, in our culture, it's not just beating, it's a gunshot too. Verse 7, A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are snared to his soul. Verse 8, the words of whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Talking about gossip. Tastes so good. So when you hear, when you're about to say whispering things, remember that. Verse 18, the lot puts an end to quarrels, and decides between powerful contenders. This is a conflict resolution setting, and the, uh, one of the important ways to understand and study the scripture is looking up the, looking at the genre. Once again, proverbs is an observation on general truth. Usually, it is that way. True, right? So instead of taking this or oh, something I, I could do literally right away so oh I, I guess when I, when I get into fight with my wife we should say let's roll the dice or flip the coin no that doesn't mean it in Old Testament this lot you remember Jonah has a lot to do with God's will people received it as a connected with God so openness to God, and God decides that lot, and they received it. In New Testament, there's only one reference to this lot. When they had to choose the 12th uh, disciple again because of Judas Iscariot, they prayed, and there's a two people. And they prayed, and after that, they cast the lot. And the new uh the twelfth apostles chosen was Matthias. Verse 20. The, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit if you notice there's a subtle wisdom in death and life that's blatant uh, wisdom our words can either kill people or make per- personal alive. the timely words are so encouraging timely and then there are other verses, other Proverbs will say, gentle words calms the anger. Right? Life and death. In other words, our, our words have so much power. Let me go one step further and say this. Between husband and wife, we ought to be extra careful. Not uh, avoiding the issue I'm not talking about being a coward, but thoughtfully, lovingly, careful. Why is that? The interpersonal difference, uh, interpersonal space within marriage is so close that you know the person's in and out, the highs and lows, and you, you know his hurts, and you know, you, you know her brokenness. So when you use out of anger, the words that you could spit out can penetrate much deeper than stranger. And by the way, not only the information, but you have opened up your heart to that person. So marriage, your words can build up, uh, give life to your spouse. Make him or her holy as a part of Holy Spirit's work in and through you. On the other hand, you could discourage him, discourage her, destroy her desire, his desire to be holy, to, to draw near to God, to become better father, better mother, better husband, better wife we ought to be extra careful in that and then the subtlety of that meaning or wisdom is think about it, those who love it what is it will eat its fruits I think the subtle implication is talking too much if you talk without any filtering without any discernment. If you talk too much, you're going to eat your fruit. Of course, the other is true. If you become very wise and humble and to use your speech to build others, you will bear good fruits. You will taste that fruit. But I think the subtlety of that is, all through the Proverbs, we're warned against talking carelessly, talking too much, or should we say even chatting too much online so there are two things on one hand we are to guard our speech to avoid sinning on the other hand we are to edify others by our timely speech speaking of a quiet time passage in Ephesians wasn't it encouraging to read through chapter 4 let put away all corruptible talk unwholesome speech and then you should give grace apostle paul says to others what does it mean when you talk you give grace free gift of god undeserved they they don't deserve but you Edify, your words are gift. I-, I want that. In 2014, can we be wiser, more humble, rather than pray afterwards? Let's pray before meeting our friends, talking to our spouse, that we could give grace that we could build up others yesterday spontaneously my old time friends, eleven school friends can you believe it? 37, 38 years ago, so last time I saw these two guys was about 10 years ago uh, one of them is lawyer and one of them is an engineer and The lawyer's son is old enough to go to UCI. On the way, he called. He lives in San Jose. And then three of us got together in Fullerton. I prayed this prayer. And our conversation was rich. And not that I did everything right. But there are things that I could have said with my own just preoccupation, self-interest, with, to prove some things. Maybe to keep my pastoral image also too. But we talked candidly. By the time I walked away, we just talked maybe a little less than two hours. All the worries and burden for today... So it's Saturday evening. I don't usually go out. I stay put. The burden was gone. And actually I was energized to engage scripture even more. So next time when you meet up with your boss, next time when you do conflict resolution with your friend, next time when you get into this argument Intention with your spouse. Would you pray that? God, I humble myself to you. Help me guard my speech, my tongue. Help me to give grace to so and so. Your generous, free gift, timely gift. Edification. Here's the fourth and last. What does it mean to follow the wisdom of humility? It means to cultivate and value true friendships. Verse one. Let me give you what I'm going with this. It's not just about friendship. We're gonna actually maybe good idea to 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 uh, a topical study on. Friendship, all the verses, there are so many verses on uh, friendship, but I, I, that's not my intention today. Our, our, our intention today is meditate in chapter 18 with regards to the wisdom of humility, and this is about relationships. First one: whoever isolates himself six. His own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. If you don't read into it. Isolation doesn't mean solitude. We ought to get alone with God. Chunk of time we need to be. We need to be in solitary place as Jesus did. This isolation is antisocial. Being a loner. And I don't care what you guys think. Kind of attitude. You know, grumpy old men and grumpy old woman, you know how they become it? Because of this. People are bothersome. Being in community, too much work. I don't want to work through these relational issues. Let me go to somewhere that's very comfortable. Uh, nothing wrong with a large church, but the motivation is to hide in. And then she slip in and slip out because no one really knows I'm here, oh, that's good because it's comfortable. It's easy. This verse is about that tendency of our heart. We all have that. Uh, isn't it true that when we need community the most, in other words, when we are not doing well, when we are doing worse, That's the time we want to isolate ourselves. When we are doing good, we want our friends, we want our community. Conflicts there, I I will deal with it. Brothers and sisters, listen to this. If we don't learn this wisdom, our church will be the revolving door, just like many churches. People come. Cannot handle the conflicts. And exit. The next group of fresh people come in. Give heed to this wisdom of humility. Don't isolate yourself. Verse 14. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? I I admit crushed spirit, broken spirit is not because, not only because of lack of true friendship but also other things as well. You have a problem in your marriage, you have a problem with uh, work and career and other things but when you think about when your heart is broken you lost the internal soulful energy You need true friends. I I still remember when my dad was passing away. The doctor declared, tonight could be it. And at the hospital, I I volunteered to stay in. My mind was going crazy. I was trying to journal to keep my mind focused on God. But I still remember I was writing gibberish. 1.30 in the morning. In the middle of the night, this tall white guy, I, is about 6'4", walks in. And my first thought is, how did you get in here? Because it's a family only, right? He doesn't explain why. Oh, never mind, Paul. And he grabbed me. We're well, just about two years older than me. But I felt like a little kid hugging my daddy Because his chest was right here, right? (laughs) True friend. For the next hour, downstairs in the lobby, he heard me. He didn't say any snappy advice. You ought to do this. And he didn't open up the Bible and tell me what to do. He just listened. Cared. There is a verse in chapter 17. If you look at it, if you open it, it will say, A true friend loves all times. A true friend is born in in times of adversity. Ecclesiastes 4 says that two are better than one. If one falls, the other picks him up. Pity is the man and woman. Who has no one to pick you up? I think I sidetracked a little bit. The 19, verse 19: A brother offended is more unyielding to a strong city, and quarrelling is like a like the bars of castle. We all experience that, right? Maybe you're the one who were offended and not talking to a certain person in your family or not talking to a certain friend. What's the wisdom here? We ought to be like cultivating like a gentle flower the relationships the friendships given to us with one another just because we know each other really well let's not be rough and humility is to give each other respect to consider each other better than ourselves we ought to remind ourselves because I'm guilty of just being myself and there are times that I should have been much more gentle Verse 24 A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The person who is doing well and not aware of his need for or her need for Humility. The default mode is doing relationship in the, for the purpose of image and popularity. You have so many friends. I even my Facebook just because I'm a pastor. I became a. I, I, I said yes to these friends and that friend, and I have a close to thousand friends on my Facebook page. Confession. I, I don't remember some of them. I don't even know where I met them. But if we really become humble, we see our need, and we begin to value the friends right next to us and treasure them value them we're all familiar with uh, depositing into emotional bank Stephen Covey's language but that's beauty beautiful analogy do we do that do we do you know do we know how we lose our friends lack of deposits or even I realize you know, come to think of my elementary school friends, I should be the one reaching out. Hey, how are you doing? I didn't. I don't have any legal issues, but I just want to say hi. Isn't it rich? Would you go back and just look up the verses again? my simple desire for our community is that this year we learn to be wiser seeking the wisdom of humility instead of appearing to be humble we truly seek self-forgetful humility before God and before each other give much grace through our words learn to commit to each other through true friendships and run to God each day trusting his provision and protection may the Lord keep you and bless you may the Lord give you taste of this goodness his goodness by following the wisdom of humility let's pray Father, thank you for this wisdom of humility. And thank you that even though these words were written thousands years of ago, years ago, these are so relevant to us. So good to our soul's health. And without your help, It is impossible for us to choose to be humble. So Holy Spirit, lead us and fill us, control us, and keep us humble in our daily walk. Not only to you, the Lord, but to each other. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.